man back on the pugilist what uh dude little weak on our picks bro we we did horrible up until uh, i think the co-main and the main event well yeah i think i mean dude if you were betting the underdog on the max holloway calvin cutter uh card on abc you fucking a couple times over did well so I'm just looking. I'm just looking at the main the main card. Um, prelims kind of are what they are. Those are almost always, in my opinion, fifty fifty. But our guy Disco dude just got straight wrecked. Like, yeah, he got he got smoked out pretty hard. And I thought it was funny that the the guy who beat him, Puna, was it was that Puna Puna, Puna Hale? Yeah, Puna Hale said that he like blacked out during the the barrage that put him away. Like he had no recollection of of what happened. Wow. That's some pure adrenaline. I mean, Disco showed like he showed exactly what we thought he would. He showed the stand up and his head movement was outrageous, but I almost feel like he just fell in love with it, you know. And this kid, this kid was head hunting. So I mean, yeah. I know, man. The, the the Hawaiian dude, Soriano, just I don't know, he threw caution to the wind and just fucking went after it, you know. Well, yeah, that's what I love about these guys that are still young and, and trying to make a name, you know, they still go. They still fight. Mm-hmm. They're not mm-hmm. they're, they're not they're not just fighting to win, man. These guys still gotta make a name, you know. So yeah, it's surprising. I mean, I just thought um, this goes from an area where they tend to just be uh, really elite on their feet. And I'm not saying that he's not, um, but he definitely, I think, uh, was a little arrogant or maybe took this kid lightly. I don't know. But this kid, Punahele, has definitely got some fucking cinder blocks in his hands, man. This yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that, uh, that Punahele had uh, like a wrestling background, too. Yeah. I was unaware of that. So the other surprise to me was. Uh, Joaquin Buckley getting put away and getting put away quick. Yeah, I, know was, I know he's been stopped before, but he seemed to really have some momentum. Um, yeah, I mean, he got stopped by Kevin Holland, you know, I mean, who's who's a top-ranked middleweight now. So, I mean, that's not, that's not really a big deal, right? That kid's blasting through everybody. So yeah, but really, yeah. To for Buckley, you know, having that knockout of the year and then getting another knockout and then coming into this fight and the guy he was fighting was on, I think, like a three-fight losing streak, you know, Yeah, only to get head kicked and knocked out in the first round. I mean, that's like a perfect example of a hype train, just fucking getting derailed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I don't, I don't so then, uh, Jing Liang Lee, I know you don't, you didn't care for him, but he actually no. he looked, he looked impressive. Um, so Ponzinibbio, I think he's been out of the game for a bit, dude. Like there was definitely some ring rust, I think in there. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Like, he said like two, I think the last time he actually got in the octagon was like 2018. I mean, Yep. 2018. So, I mean, it's like a good, good two plus ish years, you know, out of there. So interesting. I still was not expecting that. Like, uh, I, I, you know, I believe in ring rust, but uh, I did not think that he was going to get knocked out cold by Ching Lang. Well, he looked good. I mean, I just don't like the way he carries himself personally. Um, yeah. But, well, I don't know, man. I don't even know what to expect from that kid, uh, Lee, because it's just like he's just all over the place. And when he loses, it looks like he's never even trained. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I don't get about it. You know, I don't. Yeah. I'm... Interesting. I, I, I hate seeing those. Like, like Ponzinibbio had like a seven fight win streak. I hate seeing those come to it like a crashing halt. You know. Well, just by I, I don't mind when they get stopped. I, I don't like it when it's someone that like almost doesn't deserve to derail a fighter like that, you know? 
Like, do you think if Ponzinibbio didn't have a two-year layoff, like, and and those two fought in early 2019, do you think the result would have been the same? No, I don't think so. I I mean, I don't, I mean, I obviously, you know, there's puncher's chance and everything, and it's hard to discredit any of these guys who make it to the UFC. I mean, if you've made it that high, you're a killer for sure, you know? Yep. But yeah, there's, but there's still obviously just obvious disparities between some of these guys. So I don't know, man. Um, the Chinese fighters are up and coming, man. They're definitely people you have to watch. You got to watch out for them. And it's just interesting. Uh, the women seem to always show up and not so much the men. The men tend to be a little more spotty. That's uh, Aside from this dude, though, I don't know too many like male Chinese fighters that are kind of making, making I think a name for themselves. The one females or, are the ones that are... The females, for sure. There's one or two other guys that I, that I think I've seen. Um, but I, I also follow one championship on Instagram a lot. So that, that could be a, a slight bleed over, just kind of mm. in home, but... Um, you know, one championship is heavy, heavy on the Asian side, very much, um, yeah, sort of replaced pride in a way, uh, definitely focuses on, you know, Brandon Farah fights out there, but definitely focuses yeah. on some of the lighter, um, lighter Asian fighters. So, um, it could be some bleed over, but I don't know, man. I just think, uh, there it's a, it's a sneaky region. I think where mixed martial arts is growing for sure. Um, but I didn't expect to see him do that that's for sure no either did i I was pretty shocked and pretty upset yeah. i have to be honest so the condit brown fight pretty much went as expected yeah uh yeah you know i saw a lot of people online were pretty upset that um of the 30 27 judges scorecards i'm not, i thought I, I definitely thought brown did better than that but i i don't i don't know that he necessarily won i thought a well, lot yeah i mean i don't I 100% believe Carlos Connett should have won that fight. And I am totally okay with the, uh, 30, 27 for the simple fact that Matt Brown scored one takedown in the first round and did nothing from top position. Whereas Connett was actively striking from the bottom. It was very similar to what you saw in the old school fight between boss Rudin and Kevin Randleman. Kevin Randleman was takedown heavy. He got boss on his back, but boss was constantly throwing strikes. And that's exactly what Condit did. Um, I thought the third round was, was probably the closest round between the two of them. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, it was a, it was a good back and forth fight. I, I mean, even though all the fighters know, don't leave it with the judges. Right. And I think we've seen plenty of, um, piss poor decisions to, to suggest that it's just a terrible idea not to try to go in and knock one of these dudes heads off. Yeah. I think you should be able to leave it to the judges though. I think we just have the sport of MMA just has a serious issue with, they're just, I feel like a lot of them, judging. Yeah. The, well, I mean, there's just not enough that have been around mixed martial arts. A lot of them come from boxing. So, I mean, it, you know, or that's the pedigree that they sort of grew up in. So it's just, it's different, you know, I think, um, they've had to go, I've heard of like, you know, sort of like almost like seminars and stuff, you know, where they try to coach and educate, um, refer or, you know, judges, but yeah, you're yeah. right. I mean, the judges are there for a reason, obviously. Yeah. It's you know, and it's- yeah. And when you get to, you know, I guess any level of mixed martial arts, you know, I mean, you're bound to go to a decision. If you go to a decision, you should have competent people judging the fights, understanding, you know, who should walk away as, as the victor. I don't, uh, I, I, I never liked that, you know, don't leave it to the hands of judges. You know, that's, that's just promoter talk. Um, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I just don't, I don't, I like it to be decisive for me. You know, yeah. like I understand why there are decisions. I just, I just would rather it be no question, you know, mm-hmm. and, and oftentimes in decisions, you don't, it's not like 
necessarily totally obvious, you know, like, sure. Yeah. No, I get what you're that's saying. All. I just like to see the guys just outright win the fucking thing personally. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. And Matt Brown is not the type of fighter that's going to, you know, like he is not going to look good in the, cause he gets tired. You know, the dude, the dude tends to, he obviously shows up and appears to be in great shape, but a lot of time he just, he's fighting on pure heart. So, I mean, that's not going to help you in the eyes of the judges at all. You know, and I think yeah, that yeah. definitely hurts him too. Yeah, I mean, he's 40 years old. He's, you know, had like 50 fucking pro fights. I mean, wars, you know, you go back to like the fight he had with like Eric Silva and, you know, some of the other bouts he's had in the UFC. I mean, this dude's just, he's, he's a dog, you know, he's been in these massive dog fights and it's just, you you know, you get to a point where you just, you can't do it anymore. You know, know, it's interesting. I didn't, I didn't know the background between these two. They've been trying to schedule this fight in 2013, kind of just like what you and I were talking about. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize that there were, there was some, some back, uh, some like history there. And And yeah. And the, the video leading up to the fight, like kind of, kind of like alluded that, you know, Matt Brown needs to shit or get off the pot, you know, show up to the fucking fight and fight me, you know, and I'm not used to seeing that from Carlos. I was kind of surprised to see him respond that way to him. Hmm. I don't know if he was, maybe he was just hyping the fight. I don't know. Could be. Uh, Carlos has never really struck me as like a big time talker kind of guy. No, not at all. Definitely like he's, a kind of a quiet assassin. He just goes in and sort of, yeah, what he's got to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, kinda, not, I, I know you like, I know you like him. I don't care for Condit personally. Why's that? I don't know. I just, he, I, I don't know. Maybe he's not hypey enough for me. I don't know. I don't know what it is about him. He's just different. I, I think he's a great fighter. I, obviously I respect his, you know, he's just not one of my favorites. I mean, um, I, I see what people see in him. He just doesn't, he doesn't move the needle for me, man. I don't know. I, I liked kind of because he was just like, he also knocked out Dan Hardy. It hurt me. That I was like, a I perfect like, knockout. I, mean, I, I like Dan Hardy a lot. I guess I, I should be like one of the best knockouts ever. It, it probably, I, I mean, definitely left. What was it? Left or right hook? It was a hook. He, he yeah, they both threw life left hooks. That's right. And they both landed, but kind of had a little more turn, I think, a little rotation in his fist and uh, landed flush, obviously. Yeah, that was a beautiful knockout. Yeah, I don't don't know, man. I don't know what it is about him that he just does. For me, he just doesn't, he doesn't, there's a few guys like that. They just, you know, great fighters. uh, Just don't move the needle, man. I liked Condit because, like, if, if I ever wanted to be a professional fighter, like, he, you know, like we had like the same physique when I was young and in shape and, uh, personality wise, I think it matches a bit too. I think Carlos is definitely, uh, more badass than I am, you know, No, but I mean, witty, funny, sort of, you know, sleeper assassin with your, with your wits, you know, maybe, yeah, you know what I mean? I, I just, I think, yeah, I don't know, dude, I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> I get it. I'm very much more of a Matt Brown. I think. Plus. Kind of it's a handsome man. He's got a great beard. Got still has great hair at 36 years old. Like that hairline's not receding like like mine is. You know, I mean. Yeah, dude, I shaved my head. I just <laughs> fighting it. You know, I just took ownership on it. That dude could could have been a supermodel, and he, you know, he decided to be a fucking well, UFC fighter. What's that dude's name? Joban. Joban. Alan. Alan. Joban. Joban. Yeah, he's a he's a model. He's yeah. a good looking guy too. Yeah, super handsome. Super. All right, man. Max Holloway and Calvin Cotter, dude, did not disappoint. Dude, what a crazy fucking fight. You know, I just sort of downplayed this card. You know, I was like, man, really? Like, I, I didn't see this. I knew that particular fight was going to be good, but I didn't think the whole card would hold up, and it sure as fuck did. I definitely thought it was going to be a much more back-and-forth fight, but Max completely schooled him. I mean, Kelvin hung in there, right? 
Yeah, I, dude, I told him we were tight. We were messaging, man. I thought he yeah. should have. I thought his corner probably should have stopped it at the fourth. I just thought it was it was one of those fights where it was pretty obvious who was going to win because I mean Connor was he was landing shots and Max really didn't show any sign of being affected by him. No, you know, no, like ever, ever, you know. And Calvin was throwing some heat, man. I mean, he definitely he hit him with some shots. Like he hit him with some really sure shots and. um Max, uh, I've seen, you know, you've seen Max get wobbled in fights before, but he, he, he hung in, man. He did. You don't see other fighters fight like that. Like the way Max fights and the way he kind of, like the way he kind of clowned Ortega and what he did to Kelvin. I mean, you just, I can't think of any other fighters of, of recent that, that do that, you know? Oh, definitely not. Definitely not over five rounds. No. Yeah. You know, I mean that dude, he throws, he throws, um, like boxing level volume. Like, yeah. Like no one throws more. No one attempts more shots or throws more shots or lands more shots. I think than him, I think he was breaking records in this last fight. And you know, yeah, I, I could do without like, I know he, he like talks and shit to, you know, obviously you can hear the commentators, but um, in between rounds, he's definitely called a shot before, which I think is cool. Mm-hmm. This, time, this time I think he was, uh, you know, obviously he was having a moment. So you sort of get it, but like I, I could do without like the talk to the commentators and stuff, you know, um, it's fired up, man. Yeah, I mean, I get it. This time it was like sort of his moment. It's a little different. Uh, yeah, but I don't, I don't like that. I just would have rather seen him invest that energy than fucking putting the kid down, you know, personally. But yeah, dude, I just think even Calvin's like, what was it? I think it was the fourth round. He broke his nose. I just feel like that didn't even need to happen, man. I just, I think, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that fifth round, like, I don't know, dude. I just didn't. He took, he took a lot of unnecessary punishment. I, I think, I feel yeah, like he did. Yeah, I feel like it was pretty obvious. Uh, you know, at, at four rounds, it was it was more than decided, in my opinion. Uh, the commentators were talking about it, like, "Hey, man, maybe you know, let's think about this." I mean, kids like that are super tough, and I have the utmost respect for it. But I want to see him fight again and again and again and again. You know, how many fights might might have cost his career? You know, by taking that those last two rounds. So, yeah, I don't think anybody can know. I don't. That's very subjective. I don't think you can um, quantify stuff like that. But sometimes you got to protect these kids from themselves, man. You know, I think Kelvin should take probably most of the year off. He'll before probably he get comes that. Back. What do you think? He'll probably get that mandatory. Uh, He'll get like a six month yeah. suspension. I bet. Yeah. They usually, they usually, um, after a abuse like that, they'll suspend them for a while. Yeah. But you know, what's crazy though, is, you know, the way Max fought that fight and some of the other performances Max has had, it just goes to show how good Volkanovsky is too. I said, well, I'm of the, I'm in the camp that Max won that second fight. Yeah, so am I. And again, a, another reason why, especially when titles are on the line, and you're talking about what is now probably the greatest featherweight uh, in the history of the division. You know, it's like, come on, man. Like, you know, you don't want to, You just wish they could just put each other away and just be done with it. Because now, like, you know, you know the you know the rubber matches exist, but what are they going to fight? Best of five? I mean, that'd be ridiculous. You know, like, uh, I don't know, man. Like. I mean, with performance like that, though, like I think Dana even said it in the post-fight press conference. You know, sure, you kind of you, you have to, you know, it's like you have to do that, right? Yeah, it's just like I mean, well, yeah, but I mean, Volkanovski's like beat him twice. You know, whether mm-hmm. whether you agree with the second decision or not, he's beat him twice. Generally speaking, like you're not even in the conversation anymore. You usually have to wait for the belt to change hands and get a shot at the next guy. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't fully agree with that, but also like, you know, is it really the fight to make? 
like mainstream fan interest probably is like the hardcore fans would will would dig I think a third fight mainstream kind of fair weather fans not so much. Oh I, yeah, I a third fight I think will be great. It's just like you wonder like you know it doesn't necessarily set up as well as the first two. No, so, no. But I mean I don't. It, but I mean, what if Max wins? Does he fight him a fourth time? <laughs> that depends. What, yeah, I guess it depends on how he, how he wins. You, you know? know, I don't know. I mean. I could see I mean, like if if they did this third fight, and Max knocks Volkanovski out in the second round, or yeah, whatever, the conversation's over. I they're think. not gonna, yeah, that's it. Razor sharp decision, razor close decision, second fight. You know, um, I think arguably Max did incredible even in the first fight. You know, it wasn't like Volkanovski like totally blew him out of the water. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely the second fight, Max was way more in it. You know, but yeah, if man. they do a third fight and Max wins, I don't think. Even it, like even if it's like a if it's a close decision, I don't think yeah, they'd give no. Volkanovski an immediate rematch to that. No, I they'd, don't. They'd make Volk work his way back up. Well, yeah, I, I agree with that. I just don't think it would. You know, it holds the weight when Max is the challenger, not necessarily when Volkanovski. Yeah, I mean opinion. Max. You know, he defended his title what three times before losing it. Um, he's arguably you know the greatest featherweight. Yeah, to grace uh, the UFC. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they what they do. But I mean, Ortega and Volkanovski are fighting, I think, in March. So it's going to be a while, you know. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I think Max needs to heal from that too. Oh but, yeah, dude. Man, he looked. He that's the best version of Max Holloway we have ever seen. Make no mistake about it. He looked incredible. Yes, he did. I mean, yeah, man. Yeah, it was amazing to watch. It's it's crazy when people when fighters like that come around, you know. And I'm you know I consider myself very lucky to live in a time where we get to watch people like Max Holloway perform and put on put on fights like that. Yeah. All right, man. I'm kind of I've switched over a scotch, so I'm looking at this next uh, card coming up. Uh, obviously, Kiesa and Magni are the headliner. Again, weird time, weird time, man. So everybody needs to pay attention to when this thing comes out. Like, you know, so I'm in Mountain Central time. So you're talking fights starting at like 7 a.m. tomorrow, bro. No, are you are you serious? Yeah, like early, early prelims, and there's a lot of them. So that's for me in Mountain Central. So you guys, what eight eight a.m. for you? Hold on, I need to fucking check. Lots of fights on the prelims. Lots of names. I don't know. Um, Looks like there's another Figueredo coming up the ranks, though. Main card starts at 11 a.m. for me. Yeah, I'm looking at the prelim, so this is uh, 7 a.m. Main card, yeah, 10 a.m. for me. So, wow. All right, let's go over this main card, man. See, there's a, uh, definitely some names on here I'm not totally familiar with. Okay, first fight up is what? Lerone Murphy versus Douglas Silva de Andrade. Do you know these guys? I've never, nope. I have no idea about these guys. Dude, the, this Douglas guy has fought like seven times in the UFC. In the UFC? <laughs> yeah. Really? He's fought Henan Brow. He's beat Henan Brow. He's fought Peter Yan, Marlon Vera, Rob Font. Okay, those are some big names. Yeah, big. That's your champ. I mean, yeah, so. He beat Henan Brow. Mm. Yeah, I have no What's idea who this fucking dude is, though. Yeah, LaRoad Murphy, man. I'm, I don't know, dude. Dude, I'm telling you, some of these feeder, some of these uh, feeder kind of event, like, you know, they're they're doing tough, like, Brazil and tough, you know, Latin America. Like, 
they're breeding fighters and a lot of time the american public doesn't even know about it you know yeah so Lerone murphy the miracle is uh he's fought twice in the ufc uh one draw one win hasn't lost yet uh it's 9-0-1 last fight was in july where he tko'd uh ricardo ramos in the first round Mm -hmm. 29 years old from england interesting looks like a tough dude he does. Uh, not. I don't fancy the English fighters. Really, uh, I would go with Andrade on that one, probably. Just. Based, uh, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't have a lot to go on here, but. Let's see. Ooh. Based on UFC experience, I think I gotta go with Andrade there. Andrade. I don't. It doesn't say what. Uh, what his credentials are, as far as you know, is he a uh, multiple fucking Pan Am? you know jiu-jitsu world champion or anything like that mm. i don't know i don't know you know i'll just i'll go with the englishman okay every now and again there's some studs that come out of there i like the english fighters i've always been a fan of, of I like UK them as, fighters i like them as strikers I, I like them more in kickboxing and some of those sports i mean the wrestling tends to lag i mean i think they're coming along but like leon edwards as an example doesn't yeah do, he doesn't do anything for me personally no i like I mean, leon I don't, I don't care for him i think chamayev's gonna send that kid to another organization personally but it's, you know, it is what it is if he beats Jemayev, you know obviously my my opinion will change but yeah. you know i don't know i uh I, I like the brits because of bisping it's all because of bisping i don't care for bisping i think he's a great commentator i didn't care for him as a fighter how dare the only you? the only english fighter that i really cared about was dan hardy to be honest i just love the way he he was just sort of you know the way he earned himself you like, the, you like that mohawk i did i just i just think he he promoted himself well and if you know his backstory he's like very much a, a like a real martial artist like you know he's not like a i don't know some of the english kids give off kind of that like street hooligan vibe hooligan vibe which yeah. i'm not in love with but you know yeah i don't hate them just don't love them they don't they don't tend to move the needle for me i uh yeah i don't know yeah, but I'm gonna go with uh, with Lerone via upset. I'm guessing that that'd be a pretty big upset. So I'm actually looking on the UFC website, and they they haven't posted their odds. Oh so no shit! I really have no idea. I don't like seeing the odds personally, anyways. But um, remind me, flyweight. What's flyweight for men? One twenty-five. Yep. Okay, so the next fight up is Matt Schnell. I know that name. Matt Schnell is a lieutenant in uh, the army. He's really? an army officer. Yep. And then so Tyson Nam. Yeah, and Tyson Nam is a, a tough, tough dude. Been around quite a while. Both ranked number nine for Schnell, number thirteen for Nam. Not a, not a highly, really highly touted division though. You don't, you don't see tons of flyweight fights. I don't think. I mean, what is it, Sergio, Sergio Pettis? I think he just went to Bellator. Did he? Followed, well, he, his, well, his brother to the PFL. Yeah. Yeah, both Pettis boys are out of the UFC now. What do you like there, Price Schnell? Huh? I, I yeah i mean i mean i i know his name and i've definitely seen him fight. i don't i don't have a ton of recall on his fights but i guess he, uh, i agree in experience i'd go with snow he was on a pretty good win streak up until uh recently so i think he's coming off a, a like ko for, loss like for him to get back on track yeah i would you know and you gotta you gotta represent the the military guys too yeah i always i'm I agree. I'm pretty sure he's a fucking 
uh, army officer. I might be. Oh no, nope. Sorry, totally wrong, dude. Um, where's like, where's he from? Is he from? Is he one of the Louisiana kids? Who Matt Schnell? Yeah, that I don't know. Okay. I've, yeah, I don't know. I've seen a couple of his fights. Correction: Matt Schnell is not an army officer. I stand corrected. That's somebody that uh, I think is on either the Poirier McGregor card or on the undercard for this one. I like him anyways. I think he'll... Uh, I'm going to go with Tyson Nam. Fair enough. I like it. So we're, we're opposing picks on this one. Yeah. Roxanne Modafferi and uh, Vivian Araggio. Yeah, the happy warrior, Roxanne. Um, I I don't know. She's I'm, a tough pick, bro. I, I like her. I've always liked her. She's, she's just... She's hard to pick. She's tough to pick because you never really know. Well, she's she, so she inconsistent. She, yeah. you know, she bounces back between win and loss and win and loss. I think that's been her career for like the past four years. Yeah. Um, and I think, and she's coming off a win. So, I mean, it'd be safe to, I guess, assume that she would lose this fight, but, uh, I don't, I don't really go against Roxanne. I don't really. Yeah. It's weird, dude. It's like hard. It's hard to pick against her. But she she definitely drops fights, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm guessing uh, Vivian Arajo is Brazilian. I'm basing this purely on last name. Yep, she is. Um, but that really doesn't mean much against Montefiore because she's an incredible grappler and a terrible striker. <laughs> so it's sort of you know it's sort of opposite. So Vivian Arajo, I mean, a lot of Brazilians tend to couple their jits with like some Muay Thai type stuff. So, or, or shoot the box as they call it. Right. So I don't know, man. I think I'll go with Vivian. Vivian's a pretty, pretty Roxanne's also, too. Roxanne's also older. Like she's definitely one of the older female fighters. Uh, yeah, she's almost 40. Like she, she was fighting and, and kind of, you know, trying to build, you know, women's mixed martial arts. She just doesn't have like the sort of, marketable kind of, you know, she's weird. <laughs> like, I guess. I like, mean, she's a total dork, you know, yeah. she's, a, she's not, a nerdy fighter. Yeah. That's not Ronda Rousey, right? Ronda Rousey definitely had like, had kind of the total package, like marketability, uh, definitely some skill sets where Roxanne, um, is interesting character. Definitely. I like her definitely fun, but yeah, I'll go with Rajo on that one. You know, Roxanne, she's fought like fucking everybody though. I mean, she's fought like, like well, Terrell Rosa in, in multiple like a times too, you know. So yeah, she's been all over the place. I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna pull for uh, Roxanne. I'm gonna say Roxanne uh, via decision. Uh, I definitely feel like that fight will go to decision. I don't think Roxanne's ever been. I don't. I, I don't. She, if she's been put away, it's not very often. So Roxanne, she's gotten knocked up by slams. Has she? Yeah, Sarah Kaufman knocked her out with a with a pretty gnarly slam back in Strike Force. Uh, mm. I don't know, 2009, 2010-ish. And then I think she also got knocked out via slam on the Ultimate Fighter, too. Mm. That's entirely possible. I don't I don't have the recall on it, but... All right, man, we're split so far on the main card here. Yeah. And I don't know these dudes. Ike Villanueva and looks like Vinicius Moreira. Um, I've seen I've seen Isaac fight before. That dude's like a banger. Um, pretty light pretty heavy. tough. What's that? Light heavyweight bout. Yep. Um, I like. I don't. I've never seen Vinicius. I don't think fight. But uh, both guys are coming off 
uh, Isaac's on a two fight losing streak. Uh, Vinicius is on a three fight losing streak. So it's definitely a loser leave uh, town matchup, right? Yeah. Um, but I like I like Isaac in this one. I think Ike. Yeah, Hurricane Ike. Yeah. Uh, I I, I feel you on it. I'm going with tattoos, man. Going with Ike. <laughs> that's all I can base. It. I got nothing on these guys, man. I really don't. I don't. I don't. I mean. I don't even recognize them. Normally, that doesn't happen to me very often, but on this card, on this particular fight card, um, this is like, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. This is just like a plug-in card almost, aside from the main event. The main event totally makes sense, but these other guys, man, I really don't have much knowledge on them. Yeah, I mean, you know, they got a big roster. They got to give these guys slots, right? Yeah. I'm surprised, like, you look at the prelim card, you know, the the headlining prelim fight is... uh, Amari Akhmedov and Tom Breeze. Like, I feel like that should have been on the main card. And Ricky Simon, you know, or Ricky Simone. Mm. He's on the prelim. He, he probably should have been on the main card, too. That dude's awesome. Well, based on based on what I'm seeing, I would agree, because those are more um, recognizable names, in my opinion. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. You know what? We, we should go back and, and look, though. Cause some of these fights may have been added. Uh, to this card because they were postponed from the last card. Well, you look at the prelim card. The prelim card has a shit ton of fights on it. They may have been just po- postponed a week. Yeah. Fight Island. Fight Island does that. You can see um, where some of these things got, you know, postponed or whatever. See, and then this, the second bout down from the main event, Warley Alves and was it here <laughs> Lizaz? So this Lizaz kid is from uh no, he lives in out. He lives out in Abu Dhabi, doesn't he? Oh, I don't know. They claim him. They claim him as a local kid, or, or I guess by local, maybe they just are referencing uh, Middle East. But he's a banger, dude. The kid is good. Um, he's just not really well known, so I would go with him. I think they're trying to build his pedigree. So he's he's a stand up dude. Yeah, I mean he he took a fight. If I'm not mistaken, on the first run through the. Uh, on that first run through Fight Island, he was a, he was like the only local kid they got, and he took a he took a oh he is from Tunisia maybe maybe this might not be the same kid I'm thinking about I think he lives out there though, um, but yeah he's a banger I mean he's called a sniper I mean the, the kid can fight and Warley Elvis is a is a grappler striker versus grappler Warley is the guy that uh, guillotine choked uh, Colby Colby Covington. Yeah, he choked out Colby. Really? Yeah, he gave Colby his first uh, first loss, I think. Huh. Yep. Yeah. Um, Stats favor Munir. Taller by two inches. Four-inch reach. Wow. I'm going to go with Worley. All right. Well, I guess we're just not keeping <laughs> this card the same. I like Lazette's. Worley uh, with uh, a heel hook. Awfully specific. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Lazez, uh TKO second round. Okay, and then the main event: Michael Chiesa and Neil Magny. The one. Yeah, I I don't care for either of these fighters. Magny, Magny about? Magny's a veteran though, isn't he? Dude, they're both vets, but Magny is like. No, no, no. Uh, Magny was in the military, right? Oh, uh, that I don't know. Pretty sure Magny sure. was. Uh, let's check his Wikipedia page real quick. He is he is also an army veteran. Yep. I don't care for either of them. What what don't you there's, like about them? Uh, they're just both like very workmanlike, you know. 
not you know I, they're good fight they're great fighters obviously there wouldn't be the main event but um i i'm not gonna lie dude i i don't i don't hate some of the hype i just don't like the cringy shit like fucking triple c I'm more of a, a more well, of, these guys. These guys are like the total complete opposite of triple C. Well, yeah. So like if McGregor, if McGregor was like McGregor is almost my line where he's almost he, I think he does it. He pushes it too much. So if you could dial him down like two notches, that'd be like the perfect area for me of okay. like hype building like Covington way out of way off the charts, almost like a Masvidal. I really like a Masvidal, very confident, very boisterous, like, but not like it's not so bad that like when he gets when he gets beat like a kobe covington you're like jesus dude what were you even thinking about sure saying this shit you know like yeah um but neither of these guys really do that so no um, they're both pretty respectful i think kiesa if he probably has a little more of a chip on his shoulder than than magni does you know kiesa's kind of, you remember that press conference with uh kiesa and the kevin lee kevin lee said something about kiesa's mom and he didn't even say something about kiesa's mom he just basically told Kiesa that uh, like his, his mom will have to watch or something, you know, something. Yeah. I think it was known. Like, isn't Michael Kiesa known for basically having his mom at all his fights? Like kind of thing. Or like, I think well, the think big thing, known thing, like, you know, he's close with his mom. I mean, well, yeah. When, when Kiesa was on the ultimate fighter, he did there. He was on the season that they did the live fights. Tough right. live. Yeah. Um, his dad died during the show. Wow. So, you know, they were, you know, they captured all that, and then he came back. He ends up, ends up winning the show. So, you know, all he has is his mom. He obviously, you know, loves yeah. his mom. I can totally get behind that. But Kevin Lee said something about about his mom. Yeah, I remember that. And then, but Kessa fucking worked Lee right over, didn't he? Didn't they fight? They, I think Kessa put his ass away easy. No, um, fucking Kevin Lee choked him out. Choked Kessa out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. First okay. round. Yeah. Technical submission. Put him to sleep. I saw some of Kiesa's highlights today. I thought uh, he's up at welterweight. Maybe that's what I was. I was just looking at the welterweight highlights. I don't even know how he fucking made 155. Did you see him at the weigh-ins? He's today. He's huge, dude. Yeah, he looked fucking dead too. Like I don't. At one like Yeah. Yeah. Like he should be fighting at probably a middleweight well this is like his third this is his third welterweight bout right i think or fourth now this will be his oh, fourth yeah. yeah so i mean well he's definitely filled that frame out you know yeah i mean i've i've always been a fan of of kiesa and especially of neil magni i like both dudes a lot um i like the fact that magni you know came off the ultimate fighter he didn't he didn't win the ultimate fighter um But he, you know, he's just a fucking workhorse. He's a guy who just puts in the, the time in the gym. He constantly improves, gets better. Yeah. He, he'll take any fucking fight. And, and, you know, I mean, this dude fought fucking Hector Lombard, you know? Yeah. I mean, he, he has wins over Robbie Lawler. He's got wins over Carlos Condit. This, you know, but nobody ever talks about, I never hear people really getting too excited about, about Neil for whatever reason. I don't it's know. Definitely, yeah. I think it's, it's probably just because he's quiet. He doesn't really. Yeah seem to build much up, but I don't think, you know, given his history, I don't think that's really how, how his character is built. You know? I mean, if you look at his UFC record though, I mean, he's only lost, he lost to Ponzinibbio. He's lost to Dos Anjos and Damian Maya, um, and a couple, a couple other guys. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's beat a bunch on. of big names and the names that he lost to early on sort of makes sense for an up and coming fighter. You know, he so, has a fucking great UFC record though. Yeah. I totally good. I mean, 
This is like one of those fights that just kind of have to happen. It's not really built on anything other than they're just sort of eight and yeah. nine, you know, like it just happened. Right place, right time. They're both close in the rankings. Um, yeah, it's just a fight that that has to happen. Um, we like. I don't know, man. It's a tough one for me to for me to pick. How's Kessa's uh, chin? Kessa, I, th- I I think he has a pretty solid chin. Um, Magni will put it to the test for sure, right? He's he's stri- he's a striker first, I believe. Ma- yeah, and he's a volume striker too. Magni will will throw through. Like Magni never gets fucking tired. Mm. he'll go yeah, and he'll push, he'll push Kiesa. Uh, I guess I'll, I, I probably have to go with Neil based off that. Um, I, like I think Kiesa probably has an advantage on the ground. Um, Kiesa's maybe a little bit stronger, but I don't know, man. I just, how did Neil look at the wins? Neil looks fine, man. That dude, he's just, he, if you look at professional in the dictionary, it's, it's Neil Magny. Like, Kiesa yeah. looked, what he look a little, he looked a little, little maze. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong, but I thought, look. I watched I thought, the show, but I didn't watch the weigh-ins. I thought he looked pretty drained. Okay. So that to me, I think that means a lot in my opinion. Um, I think people don't invest enough in watching the weigh-in shows when they try to pick fights and you can tell, you know, that's so why I've always questioned how the fuck Conor McGregor did what he was doing in the beginning. Cause if you watched him make featherweight back in the day, like, yeah, he looked like a skeleton. You're like, geez, dude. Like, yeah. Um, he did not look good. He looked like shit. You know, obviously they could, they, in those days they could pump IVs and shit in the back. So, I mean, I don't know, man. Crazy dude. This is, I mean, I don't know. This is like a fucking, it's like a, you know, where are we going to wind up kind of fight card? You know, like where are these, where, what it's like almost going to decide like every fight decides the future of a fighter. But I, th- I feel like this card stacks up for like that where I feel like this card is going to be a really good card. I think it's going to surprise a lot of people yeah, like a sneaky card. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think there's a, th- a thing with that. Like when you put a lot of fighters that people don't know, they just, they perform better for whatever reason. And you just get a really exciting card. Yeah, it's almost like I'm. It's almost like they they they're more invested in uh, helping the card stand up. You know, if you're gonna if if you're on a card with McGregor, your thunder. I don't give a fuck if you knock a dude into the next block. Your thunder is already stolen. You know, like yeah, like it doesn't matter what happens in that fight. It's just because it's a McGregor fight. It's gonna it's gonna overshadow everything else. So I think you got a point there for sure. Yeah, no, I don't. I like I like Neil in this fight though. I think I'm with you. Um. I don't, I, again, I just I have a hard time getting excited about either of these guys personally, but um, uh, yeah, N- Neil doesn't strike me as a type of kid that uh wants to you know or doesn't even want to flirt with being set back. Where Kiesa, I think, has had that a few times. So, what do you mean? Like Kiesa, like I just feel like he'll break before Magni would. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think that I, I could see like Kiesa really aggressively going for for a takedown. I, I think that if those two end up standing up, Neil's gonna pick him apart. I I just don't think Kiesa's stand up is as as good as Neil's. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I feel uh, I feel that Neil's gonna win that one. When was the last time we saw Kiesa? It's been a while for him, hasn't it? Uh, he's, no, he he's been doing commentary and shit like. Yeah, he does commentary now. Um, who was his last fight? I think RDA. I think he fought Dos Anjos and beat him. Huh. 
Interesting. Yeah, I mean, they're both on win streaks, you know, both on three fight win streaks. Both Kiesa tapped out Carlos Condit. Neil beat him via decision. Um, Magny's last fight was against Robbie Lawler, and, and he beat beat Robbie in the decision. Hmm. You know, they both have uh, they both have wins over uh, a lot of really really good guys. Hmm. I don't know. Final final pick though. I'm going with uh, Neil Magny. Okay, I'm with you. Probably you got him by decision. Mm, I could see Neil. Uh, I could see Neil stopping stopping Mike. Let's say I'm gonna say yeah, fourth round TKO. I could see that. Yeah, the the longer it goes, the more beneficial for Magny for sure. Yes. Yeah. For yep. sure. So, um, I would say the first round will be telling if he goes out and like you're saying, if Kessel goes out and looks for that takedown and Magny stops him. Um, I'm super excited for this fight, though. I am for this one. Uh, <laughs> Not so much the rest of the card. No, dude. I mean, uh, I don't know, man. I, I I try not to. I'm not like a blockbuster card kind of fan, but um, it's for me. Like, I just don't. A lot of these guys, man. I just don't know them anymore, man. You yeah, know? you just gotta sit down and just enjoy it. You know, just just turn it on, and just. Put your feet up and uh, and just enjoy the fights, you know. And just so well, I'm digging this, like it's on during the day kind of stuff because I could sit here, work from home, and, and just have the fights on, you know. Yeah, it's gonna be dope. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no worries of like having to try to cook dinner in the middle of the fight card and shit. <laughs> I mean, like, like no one wants to be like cooking dinner when the first fight of the main cards on and shit. Like that no. usually happen. That usually happens to me. That's why you just you be like me and you just don't cook. Yeah. Oh, fair. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, when it's on in the morning, it's just it's not an issue. No. I like that the UFC is like trying to adapt for their fighters, though. You know, because that's definitely kind of a. It's kind of a. When you do them overseas like that to to highlight the um, international fighters, which I guess is that's what Yaz Island was really all about, was um, making sure that they could still facilitate international fights because you know obviously they couldn't some countries couldn't fly to the U S right. So, um, they had to have a place where they could facilitate international bouts. That's really what, um, flight islands is for. Yeah. You know, I never understood that. Why, why punish the fighters to appease the fans? Um, it doesn't matter. Like the fan, if uh, a real fan will find a way. Well, and okay. So say, say you do, you put on a, a fight to cater to an American audience, then you're fucking over the Japanese fans. You're fucking over the Aussies. But if you cater to the Aussie fans, you're fucking over the American fan. You know, like somebody's always going to get punished. So just who gives a shit what time the fans have to watch the fight? Just yeah, cater to the fighters. That's what's important. They're the product, you know. Yes. So, yeah. Like I remember the. I think it was uh, the Gasolum Bisbing fight. Was it Macau? It was like Macau. That, it was like Macau or Sing Singapore or some shit. The fight that never ever should have happened ever. Yeah, but I also didn't. I didn't even watch that card because I remember it, it was like I don't know if it was in the fucking wee hour. Like they didn't. They they must not have been able to set up any of the times or something. But I missed that whole fucking thing. Oh uh, yeah, where was it? That was in China. Yep, you're right. In Macau. Uh, Shanghai. Okay. Oh really, Shanghai? Yeah. Huh. I mean, I don't think um, 
Yeah, I don't think they could appease any other fan base but the Chinese with that one. Yeah, yeah, I guess you gotta you gotta grow that market, you know. Yeah, that's so. true. But still, man, like the fighters are what's important. You know, they're the ones that have to come out and fight. They're the ones that are putting their fucking bodies and minds and yeah, hearts and souls on the line. Hundred percent. Totally agree. I don't like the, I don't like the idea of them not being. I don't. I've traveled extensively across the Pacific ocean, you know, for any number of reasons, just from years of being in Japan, whatever. I know what it's like to be jet lagged. I know what it's like to try to adjust the time zones. Like it's not easy. You know, it takes a lot of time and these guys are flying in about a week prior and they're probably on fight night, just starting to get comfortable with time zones. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's not, it's not easy, man, you know, for an athlete that has to perform. So I, I totally agree. I just think it's not fair. You know, what do you think of the poster that they have for this fight for this event? Did you see it? No, all I'm seeing on the, on the website here is just the, uh, Oh yeah. They don't show that on the UFC website. You have to go to like the Wikipedia page. It's just kiss and Magni. Hold on. Let me pull it up. Why? What's up with it? Is it weird? I don't know. I mean, it's it, it has Kiesa on it. It has Magni. It has their names. It, I mean, it's pretty pretty basic uh, fight poster. I kind of like the how they did the um, the glow of the names, though. Kind of digging that. Yeah, hold on. I'm trying to get to the UFC Wikipedia here. I can't believe a Wikipedia page pops up for like all this shit. Pops up a lot faster than the UFC web, you know, website does. Fucking obviously. Oh yeah. So on the website, it's um, the same background without the names like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't know, man. It's all right. Pretty blah, pretty vanilla. Yeah. It the, the UFC posters don't come anywhere near to as being as cool as the pride posters were pride was the shit dude yeah. i don't care what anybody says uh fighting in the octagon i think is way cooler than fighting in a ring in, in like a boxing ring but um pride definitely had some production value um where they they definitely invested in some of the production value but they still had great fighters and my favorite prides were the bushido yeah when they started focusing on some of the lighter fighters sure yeah the production value i thought went up so. Did you see that um, that interview that Dan Hooker did? Not to talk about that fight card too much that's coming up, but Dan Hooker said that the you know he previously fought uh, Dustin Poirier. Mm-hmm. Do you know how much Poirier entered the their, their fight weighing? What on, on fight the, night? On the night? No, I have no idea. Yeah, it was like he was over 180 pounds. What? Yeah. Get Isn't that fucking nuts? How much fucking weight you can put back on after? Well, dude, so they used to say they used to say that Tito Ortiz could weigh in at two hundred five and then be up to like two twenty five easily on fight night. Mm-hmm. But that means what? Poirier's that's another ten pounds, right? It's almost, it's almost thirty pounds. Dustin put on. That sounds a bit extreme. You think or no? That, they weigh him fight night just to check? No, I don't think so. How would he know that then? Um. Oh man, I guess they do. Yeah, I, I think. Well, I don't think the um, UFC does in any official capacity, do they? No, I, think they I, th- I, mean, I think Hooker asked like some some commissioner or something like that what what Dustin weighed in at fight night. 
That's fucking impressive. Yeah. I mean, you've seen Poirier, though. Like, that dude's he's fucking thick. He, he's definitely thick. He is a big... Uh, he fought at 145 pounds, too. That's what's that's what's surprising. Yeah, that's where he and Connor first, first right. met. Well, um, I know Connor filled out. Uh, here we are. I mean, we're talking about it, but... <laughs> We'll maybe wait on it, but yeah, that's that's a lot of weight, dude. Yeah, okay, we'll save it for save it for another they, podcast. So in the beginning of when the UFC was really hyped up and and um, weight became a, an issue, they always said Tito Ortiz, for whatever reason, just had it figured out. The weight cutting. Yeah, he was way better at it than other people, and like he was way better at reconstituting into the fight night. Well, it's that wrestling background, right? Yeah, I, you gotta, you gotta. It has to be. Obviously, everybody's body is gonna react a little differently, but I mean, they they just said Tito, Tito was uh, at that era and that time was bar none apart from everybody. Sure. Just how he could he could, uh, re, you know, sort of refeed, rehydrate, and come in and just be a fucking beast. And yeah, that's it, not surprising to me. His ground and pound um, style back then definitely would suggest that you know it, he needed to be big and thick and heavy on fight night. Yep. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, they, those guys were, I'm sure they've, uh, changed quite a bit in how they uh, sort of industry wide, how they cut weight now rather than those guys were doing straight up sauna type shit. You know, I mean, Tito obviously must have had something else, but if you, if you remember watching like the original, oh, I saw something on social media, dude, like they showed the original cast of the ultimate fighter. Cause I think it's been, Oh yeah, Dana. Dana said something. I think I don't know. Like 16, 16 years or something like that. Sixteen years, yeah. I mean, yeah. we were both in Japan when that, you know, when that first what was it. I don't even. Yeah, I didn't even watch that that season live. I don't think. I think I started. I think I borrowed the the box set, the DVD box set from somebody. You may have borrowed it from me. I'm. I pr- I, yeah, I probably I definitely did. own it. But so, you and I were talking about the UFC, and I remember you remember AFN was like two weeks behind. Yeah. So I actually have no idea if I watched that live or not. Mm-hmm. Um, me and uh, you remember Tony Johnston, like we um, just randomly threw that shit on and I saw the fucking Griffin Bonner fight, dude. I saw mm-hmm. history, like history in the making. Mm-hmm. Probably two weeks behind. I have no idea. But uh, they did more. That fight, I think, has done more for the sport than they even really give it credit, in my opinion. No, I mean, I think there's a general consensus, right? That Stefan and Bob. Well, it's, a, it's, it's definitely a Hall of Fame fight, but I mean, I just think there's an underlying current there. Because um, you could argue, like, well, Tito was a part of the sport and Chuck was doing really well. And those guys became stars, but I still don't think. Um, I just think that fight was sort of. The, that fight came at the per- absolute perfect time yeah, it's like for a, the UFC, right? It was just a fucking perfect storm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Those guys went on to have pretty solid careers, too. Obviously, Griffin yeah. became a champion. I mean, yeah, Griffin had a had a good career. Stefan, you know, I mean, he tested positive for fucking steroids. I think a couple times, and at least twice, right? Yeah, after the second Forrest fight, and then I think after uh, the Anderson Silva fight. Yeah, I feel like he, he, if I remember correctly, uh, it's no excuse, but he was taking uh, stuff to try to help him heal. So he wasn't quite like a. Well, I guess obviously it's all performance enhancing, but. He was looking for the he was looking for the healing attributes rather than the bigger muscles or any cut up muscles or any of that shit. So I don't. Know. I remember watching that Anderson the Bonner and Anderson Silva fight, thinking like Stefan looked kind of roided out. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they say you can recognize it. And um, they said a lot of fighters like Tim Kennedy is a huge advocate of saying like, when you touch a guy, you can just tell, you know? Oh, really? Yeah. I guess obviously as fighters, they're going to know, you know, when it just feels different. Sure. Um, yeah. He, he would say like, yeah, you could, when you would, when you'd start grappling or sparring or training with people, when you touch them, you could just feel it. You just knew that they were, they were juiced up. Huh? So I don't know, man. I, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't know. I know um, some people can tell by their bodies and stuff, but I see Vitor's back on uh, the TRT. Where is he? Is he, he's not on the UFC roster anymore, is he? No, I think he signed with one FC. Huh? Where's one FC out of? One FC. One, one, just one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. One. Sorry. I, for whatever reason, I, I heard the number in my head. Like what? You know, not rather than seeing ONE. <laughs> oh yeah. They're just one championship he, now, right? If he signed with, if he signed with them, the TRT probably won't be an issue for him. They don't. No, they don't fucking drug they test. They don't test much out there. They They're like pride. They want you to yeah. be as fucking juiced up as possible. Right. Pride never tested for anything. No. Until they came to the states, and that's why. Um, <laughs> sort of, yeah, but I mean, I think their you know their promotion sort of fell apart after that. You know, obviously. Well, I mean, the history says it did, but I don't know if it was just because. What did they do? I think they were able to do two events in the states. Yeah, Pride uh, thirty two. I think was their debut, and then. 33 maybe 34 was where was that one i think about, it was i think it was 34 they were both i, I feel 34 like 34 was in japan 33 was in the u.s so 33 was gomi and uh, nick diaz okay yeah diaz popped for dope on that one marijuana yeah they said that was performance enhancing goddamn that was a good card though it was 33 you don't feel pain the same they said back then <laughs> Oh. Can you imagine being that fucking high? And well, they, said, they said he had enough in him where he was likely high during the fight, right? Yeah, yeah. That's why he could eat that fucking Hadouken punch from Gomi and uh, stay conscious. What a fucking nut, man. Yeah. You know, how crazy is that? I could not imagine. Uh, Didn't, he win it? Didn't he win that shit with Gogo via yeah, Gogo Plata? Yeah, you yeah. never see that. You never see the Gogo. Gomi gassed out and then shot him for a takedown, and Nick Diaz go-goed him. Dude, like, I mean, there's probably, I bet, um, mainstream MMA, you could probably count on one hand how many guys have been put away with a go-go. I think Brad Imes, who was a heavyweight uh, competitor on The Ultimate Fighter, has won via go-go plata like two times. <laughs> That's sick. He's like he's like six, seven or something like that. Well, almost. so for a while, they were saying the Von Flu choke was one of the craziest things, right? But it, yeah. But I think uh, St. Peru pretty much, you know, he's, he's fucking Von flu quite a few guys so yeah. some of these like mysterious submissions that some dudes are just fucking super good at but the go-go in my opinion sort of rises above because it's fucking super weird right like like leg over the shoulder and then on the chin or on the Under throat the- basically like you know what i mean like super strange and i guess yeah, a very weird like, one i could just see like a dude being super stoned and totally working his way into it you know, <laughs> look at uh Eddie Bravo, man. Like uh, they say a lot of his, his, uh, rubber guard and, and a lot of his philosophies on, I mean, Joe Rogan wrote the forward for the 10th planet jujitsu book. Like he's like, we get high and we do shit, you know, like (laughs) they, they figured things out like weird shit, you know? Um, so yeah, man, interesting, but yeah, no, it's totally legit. You can just fucking smoke weed and half slicers. Another weird submission. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Or or the twister too. Twisters. Not one you're going to see very often. No. 
And then I think the funniest one that some people just can't handle the pain is like just a basic can opener <laughs> when you can trap them and pull them. Oh. It doesn't happen often, but, and, and like, when it does, they usually get made fun of, but it's fucking super painful. It's like the old Dan Severn uh, yeah. choke. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder what, um, what marijuana, what the effects will be like. I mean, I know a lot of the guys, uh, they smoke weed after the fact because one, obviously they're not going to train anymore. It's almost like having an alcohol a drink of alcohol, but it helps with the heat, with the swelling and stuff is what a lot of people say. Yeah. I mean, that's what Nate Diaz says as far as CBD goes. I think, well, I think recovery, I think medically it, you know, there's definitely some, some pain relief and some swelling and sure. Yeah. You know, I'm sure there's, there's a reason I'm surprised that those guys are willing to sacrifice the cardio, you know, because they, you know, it sounds like a lot of them smoke weed quite often. But yeah, I guess it depends, you know, how they how they take it, right? I mean, if they're doing edibles or that's that's a fair point. Yeah, you know, I wonder. I just wonder what 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 impact is it going to have on the sport? You know, I mean, I, I mean, I think that if you're taking like one little hit, you know, after a training session and just getting, you know, you know, if you're not if you're not as long as you're not doing fucking bong rips for three hours straight, <laughs> right? You're probably going to be okay. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, I don't think. I mean, I'm sure. Like when they know that they're not going to have a fight for a while, they probably party a little bit. But um, I don't think. Yeah, I doubt many of them are like really ripping it. Like you might think. Usually, when you hear someone smokes weed, a lot of people are would tend to be like, "Oh man, he must be fucking high all the time." Yeah, that might not be the case. Obviously, you know, because like the Diaz brothers, dude, are like they're like fairly elite triathletes. You know, like they do. Oh yeah. I mean, they do some when they're not fighting. They do some pretty intense stuff so i mean i can't imagine like smoking weed all the time really benefits them in that way yeah i don't know and you know marijuana is going to affect every person differently um i bet you sugar uh sean o'malley i bet you he gets fucking baked all the time well it's kind of annoying uh, and for him it's got to be annoying because he's been suspended for it twice now i think hasn't he for weed uh yeah maybe so but now it's now they're not even right i mean it's it's good to go, right? You can you can use marijuana. Well, yeah, but I mean, then look at a guy, you know, because that that sick submission Gogo Plata that fucking Diaz threw on Gomi got vacated. You know, he yeah. technically have that win. Everybody yeah. knows he beat him, but on his record, you know, it's vacated. So they go back and overturn that. I doubt there's yeah. any retroactive stuff. I'm just saying it's you know it's just annoying. Yeah, none of that shit's gonna happen. Well, I don't know, man. All right, man. Well, this is on early tomorrow, so um, it, I'll actually be putting this episode out. Um, probably during the fights in the morning. So, or maybe, yeah, maybe I could drop it out tonight. I'll try to get it out tonight. But most people would be listening to it during the fights. It's an interesting kind of time. Do you get metrics on like how many people are listening? Yeah. Yep. Most people are, most people know I'm, I'm not really pushing content at the moment. Yeah. So we had, um, 30, 30, I think 40 hits on um, the first one. Yeah. And, but it's not a conventional podcast, so yeah, um, it may grow over time, but that's kind of why I want to do it on my vent channel, you know, what yeah. I mean? before, um, so I can gauge the level of interest compared to the other episodes. Yeah. I know my dad's listening to it. Shout yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, he definitely, he, um, shout out to old man, Mike. Yeah. He, uh, he's hit me up before. <laughs> Has he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I follow we're we're homies on Facebook. Oh my god. I think just, uh just after after the first or second episode that you came on the vent, 
he was like, yeah. hey, hey, good episode. And I was, and I, I mean, it was, I don't know if it was your brother. I don't, I don't like, tr- I don't go snooping at picks and stuff. Sure. Yeah. Mike Meyer. And, and he's like, coincidentally, Robert's my, I was like, yeah, man, he's good shit. Like he totally came to my wedding and yada, yada. And he's like, well, coincidentally, he's my son. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, but you know, cause I didn't, I, I didn't, you know, I, yeah. I, I didn't really know who it was. It could have been your uncle for all the fuck I know. I'm just like, sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, shout out to shout out to Mike. <laughs> He's a good good dad, good old man, hard worker. Yeah, football fan, is he? He's a he loves fucking sports, man. Yeah. Football, baseball. He's not really big into basketball, but big baseball, big football fan, big golf golf fan too. You guys would. That's my guy. You guys would be able to talk a lot about golf. Yeah. Yep. I love golf, dude. I know you do. I built a nonprofit for it, my man. There you go. Uh, all right, buddy. Yeah, so I'll push this out first thing. Um, we'll get it out there, but I look forward to it, dude. And um, I don't know. Do, do you tend to stay up late and sleep in, kind of thing, or what? Uh, no. I'm. I'm I mean, I'm. I, I really don't sleep a whole lot. I don't. I don't feel. I, I mean, I usually average between five and six hours a night. I think. Yeah. Um, all right. I'll hit you up in the morning, man. I don't expect right. a response because obviously you're taking care of the taking care of little dude and shit. So, um, oh, I'll be up though. Okay, all right, man. I'll be, uh, I'll be monitoring the shit show. Tomorrow could be a day. Tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow it's it's possible. Tomorrow's a day for the books. When uh, are you, are you guys doing doing another shit show podcast tomorrow? Oh no, I just mean literally. It's gonna it's the inauguration. It's gonna be a fucking shit show. Oh yeah. I just mean the world, you know, life as we know it in America is going to dramatically change tomorrow. So you think anything fucked up is going to happen tomorrow? Dude, I, I really hope not. Um, I'm not going to air this. I'll just edit it out and we'll, we'll sign off. Yeah. Yeah. I really hope not. Um, but there's enough to suggest that it, so, something, something could man. Yeah. Huh. So, uh, I'll be on eggshells all fucking day. Cause it's, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like I said, it's just a whole rat's nest of fucking stupid people that don't really, um, they're all opportunists. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't actually believe in anything. That's the scary part. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. I don't even, you, you, you're, you're a cop, dude. You know how it is, man. Sure. Yeah. There's, there's criminals with codes where you almost have like a, some semblance of respect for them. Mm-hmm. And there's just a complete, a whole nother level of just complete trash that like <laughs> it has nothing, you know, they have nothing like, um, they're in these groups, but they would fucking cut, cut and run on each other and sh- you're dying. You know what I mean? Like, it's there's no, lo- yeah, no loyalty, you're loyalty even to themselves. It's just yeah. there because it's, it's some, opportunist. Yeah. They just have some weird unfulfilled need, you know? So I don't know, man. And those people are fucking, it, those people are bad, but then there's the lone actors too. And on days like this, those guys are really, really hard to track. Yeah. Um, and based on what happened at the U.S. Capitol on the 6th, a lot of these guys went underground. And, like, I can't – so on Facebook right now, I actually can't – because of my, my personal account, I've been flagged so many times. Um, I'm, I guess they flagged me as conservative. So I can't, like, I can't start a group, post in a group. You know, I can't even communicate, like, Hack Daniels Media. I can't, I can't uh, post, like, this, uh, this uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. I can't actually post it to the groups um, that I would normally post it to because – they've restricted me until after the inauguration. So like, 
you can say that censorship, but it's also from a law enforcement and security perspective, it's genius because it's going to prevent a lot of, you know, a lot of people try to order sure. Facebook. It's just an easy tool. Yeah. So, um, you think um, that's why Twitter and all that shit? That's, uh, that's, uh, well, that's not, that's why they, they shut Trump down because they were yeah. afraid, you know, there's some real, some real stuff there, but obviously they, those companies like that lean left. So you yeah. can, you can easily make an argument for both, you know, but yeah. I don't, I don't fucking think Jack Dorsey cares about, you know, the security of the white house or some shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think, you, you know, he's an ideologue, you know, but if you look at it from like a security perspective, like we often would, it's actually, it makes a lot of sense because Trump has definitely got um, a pocket of push button followers, you know, where yeah. he says something, they'll listen. Yep. You know, so when, when people say that, you know, there's some hardcore Trumpers out there that are cult, like it's not exactly wrong. You don't like to hear it because they try to say all 74 million of us are, but that's, uh, you know, I don't know, man. It's fucking crazy times we're living in, bro. I'm just not, I'm just going to focus on the UFC card. That's all I care about tomorrow. So that's exactly why I'm <laughs> more excited about doing episodes like this. Um, and less of, you know, we'll do the shit shows and stuff and, do some reactionary things, but I'm going to try to be less, um, less involved with mm. politics and stuff because it just, it's really fucking with my mental health. If you ask me. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. All right, dude. I'll, uh, like I said, I'll punch this out though, man. We'll, uh, and then we'll check, uh, obviously we have one more card in January and yep. we'll see what February looks like. But, you know, at some point, you and I are going to have to um, go to an event, right? Together. Yeah, when fucking COVID's done. <laughs> we have to make that work. Uh, also, I want real quick. I want to give Kyle Stewart a shout out. January thirtieth, dude, he's got a fight. It's outside. The UFC, outside. Uh, uh, it's outside. He was fighting. His last fight was in LFA, um, but he couldn't get one. Um, it's a live free stream. Hold on, let me, let me search him so I can tell exactly what it is but it's a different promotion he uh kyle's a banger man and he's filling out at 185 so i think people are slightly scurred xmma is this uh it's stewart versus curtis i gotta look into more into this kid that he's fighting but uh talking with kyle a little bit that uh, he you know he's really gracious with his time um he'll chat with me a little bit he's definitely filling out at 185 and um just really coming along, you know, the way that he wants. He's one of those guys that had to cut a lot of weight to fight at 170. That's where he fought yeah. UFC, and I think it affected him. I think he knows it. So now, rather than you know dieting and cutting weight, like he's taking his ass to squat rack, you know, like filling out, getting big, and um, yeah, like I said, man, he's he's been gracious with his time and just a cool dude, you know. Guy's fighting pretty good record, 22 and eight. Uh, a lot PFL veteran. Okay. Um, so the, I think, uh, Kyle's goal is to get an offer from a bigger promotion after this one. Yeah. So, and I think, I think he'll be due for it, especially fighting at 185. I did, uh, the last episode I did with him, he, uh, he called a couple shots, man. He's like, I'll fucking fight to my <laughs> fuck. He wants to fight Vanderford too. That fucker that, uh, I don't know much about. I think he's, he, he's bouncing around maybe from 170 to 185, but Paige Van Zant's husband, he's a good fighter. Um, He's a Bellator guy, though. So we'll see where see where the chips fall. I didn't realize she had a husband. Yeah, she does. 
Um, she she's got a bare knuckle fight coming up. Austin Vandeford. Yeah. So Kyle, Kyle's like, I'll fucking fight that dude. <laughs> is he a douchebag douche or something? Yeah, he's, I mean, I think he's got a decent name. I think, especially in Bellator, he's been he's been cleaning some dudes out. Oh fuck, man, he's four and zero in Bellator. Yeah. Fucking hey, make it happen. Big strong banger, man. But uh, and he's a ginger. Kyle's a ginger too. So shout out to the gingers, dude. Kyle, you know what Kyle is? Is a fucking warrior, man. You know, he's a fucking what was he? He was a machine gunner, right? Yeah, three time Afghan Batman. I mean, you know, he's yeah. a warrior in every sense of the word. Powerful beard on a sure dog uh, fighter profile picture. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I said, man, it's just like he's super gracious with his time, though. You know, he's, he uh, he he always reps the Marine Corps when he goes. He carries a flag with him. And like, he just hasn't forgotten where he came from, you know, and, and it shows in his actions, not just, you know, he doesn't just say that. Like if I reach out to him, he'll, he'll message me back, you know, um, uh, you don't see too many other fighters, um, who are Marine vets, like, you know, boast about it, you know, or, or display it, you know, come out and yeah, it's part of the Marine Corps. Well, he just feels like, he, you know, like a lot of us, he feels like everything he does, he carries it with him, man. Yeah, he carries us with him, and you know when obviously when we see that we all win, lose or draw, man, we're gonna we're gonna you know support him. But yeah, uh, he you know as good a fighter as he is, man, it seems to me like he's an even better dude. So just shout out to him, man. I just he's uh, it, you know the COVID for a guy like Kyle, man, he he almost lost his career because of COVID, you know, because these smaller promotions like mm-hmm. they don't make a lot of money, dude, and they got to mm-hmm. work, you know, and train and fight, and you know. Um, a lot of the guys in the UFC have made it. So they're making money, you know? Yep. You know, the f- smaller promotions don't pay that much. And when there's no crowds, they get paid even less. Yeah. And then plus if you're, you know, a, a big name in the UFC, you can do fucking seminars and all this other shit, you know, sponsorships with, uh, yeah. Companies and whatnot. Yeah. But I mean, w- once they pay their gym fees and they pay their managers and all that stuff, like you'd be surprised, you know, I don't know all the numbers, but it gets whittled away pretty quick, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, he's making it, man. He's, he's in the grind and, you know, it sounded like there for a couple of minutes, he, he was thinking about being f- almost forced into retirement. You know, it's not like he's, he's not a super young, he's not crazy old either, but there was no end in sight there for a while with COVID. We didn't really know what was going to happen for the smaller promotion. So yeah, it's just good to see him fighting again, man. I hope he gets, I hope he clears this kid out and gets the offer. Oh. He's looking for, man. That fight's coming up soon. January 30th. Yeah. So, um, it's going to stream live XMMA. So everybody check it out. Um, I'll find a way to probably, I'll make sure I'm promoting it on our social media and stuff. So, Oh shit. That's actually, that's a, looking at that car. That's a good car. That's you got a lot of UFC vets on there. Kyle Bachniak's fighting on that one. James Vick is headlining it. James Vick. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. What's he fighting at? Welterweight still? Uh, uh doesn't, doesn't say. Yeah. But uh yeah, that that looks like a pretty good card. I just love fights, man, especially when I have a connection with somebody, so I'm going to watch it. Especially when they're free too. I mean, yeah. you can't yeah. pass a free MMA, right? Never. All right, bud. Uh take take care, man. I'll uh like I said, I'll let you know when I push this out and um if you're up, message me during the fights, bro. All right, we'll do. Okay, bud. See you, bud. Each other out. It's a cold war. Let's go!